They're real. They're relatable. The Brandon and Amy Show. Saturday afternoons on The Seagull. All right. So I do not know about you, but I have been in many relationships before. And some of the men that I have been with have not been over their ex-partners. Oof. Yeah, that's a rough one. <laughs> it is incredibly awkward. It yeah. is it is very awkward because not only do they talk about that person a lot, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk about your ex. I'm not one of those girls, oh, you should never talk about, he should never talk about his ex because that means he's not totally with you. That's my young, annoying millennial voice. Yeah. Um, be, but I don't believe in that. I, I feel like you've lived a life and that's part of your life, right? Your life didn't just start when you when you got with your current partner. No, but if you are angry about things yes. that happened with your previous relationship and you are still bothered by it, you're not over it. I dated a guy in college <clears throat> right before I graduated and that was this guy. Like he would say, you know, yeah, I'm all in and and I want to be with you. And, and, you know, we had a pretty decent relationship, but man, every single conversation we had turned to his ex and what he did to her, what she did to him, how, you know, she made him feel and how horrible and granted she was a horrible person his friends actually literally bodily picked her up one day and threw him threw her out of their house however (laughs) uh you know when when all of your conversation needs to revolve around that person it's worth doing some serious soul searching about yeah. where you ought to be with somebody. There's a guy named Marcus <clears throat> who I don't know. I will never know. And who I've heard about way many more hours than I ever wanted to hear about this person. Oh but dear. <laughs> yeah. He's abusive. He's this, he's that. And it got to a point where I thought, okay, I understand being there and being supportive, especially if somebody's dealt with some traumatic situations. Yes. I get that. It's sure. very hard to deal with. And you have to have a very particular dynamic in that situation to be sensitive to it. But when does it get to the point where you're basically using me as a free therapist? Right. Yeah. Because we're not in this life in relationships to fix each other we can help each other grow and we can help each other heal. And I do believe that is possible, but fixing each other and, and, and being each other's counselor, that, that is, that is a little bit of a, of a step in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's one thing to be a supportive ear and listening, but I am not a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I think that people would be a lot happier and better off when they realize that their happiness is in themselves. Absolutely. I'm seeing something now that doesn't surprise me necessarily, but it's coming from more people who are huge music fans, and that's what's making me take notice of it. You have heard of these festivals, right? They have tons of musicians. It's three days. There's multiple stages, and you hear about it, and in your mind, you're thinking, that would be awesome. Yeah, all my favorite (laughs) bands are playing this. And I realize now I'm reading stories from a lot of people now 
that are saying this is not a good way to see music, even if you have a lot of artists. I am realizing, especially in these times, mm -hmm. it is so much better to just intimately enjoy a band you like, or even if you're going to go to a big arena, see two or three bands you like. But this whole trying to catch a bunch of things in multiple stages, I just don't see it being a great idea for the long term. Well, you've got, especially now when we're having warmer weather, I hate to bring up the weather, but I think the warmer weather also makes these more challenging. A lot of them seem to happen in the summer and you've got to, you're paying for really expensive drinks mm -hmm. um, and you've got to deal with all the people and, and you need, you're, you're trying to run from one place to the other, because if you think about it, where one stage is, the other one, they're not always close to each other. Yeah. You know, so you're going to run halfway through the grounds or wherever it's being held to try to catch the other one. And, and I would think you'd run the risk of, and this is what I worry about when we've talked about going to these things. How do we make sure that we can actually catch the ones that we want to see? Yeah. And one would argue, okay, but you're not going to be able to see them for a cheaper price. And that might be true. But the issue is you're not getting more than an hour. Like, for mm -hmm. example, uh, we caught streaming the Metallica set and that was not over an hour and Metallica, mm -hmm. one of the biggest bands of our time. And they have such a bigger catalog and you can tell they were rushed. Yeah, they run they run through because they know that there's other people, obviously, that are before them or after them. And and so they're kind of doing the whole clock thing. Yeah. Let us know what you think of festivals. Do you like them? Knots? Brandon and Amy show dot com. I don't know about everybody else, but I remember growing up like my mother would have this trend at our house when people were coming over for dinner or just family coming over for the holidays or whatever. There was this massive frantic freak out cleaning. Like, you know, let's make sure all the bathrooms are done and the whole house is vacuumed and, and everything looks spotless. And, you know, you take like the whole day, people would be over for two hours and then they leave. Yeah. Did, did you have that growing up? I did. And I'm, I still get it to a certain degree, but not as obsessive as some people are about it. Like, for example, I'd like to make sure that my guests feel welcome here. Yeah. And I've also dealt with the opposite, too, where you have people who don't at all and you go to their house and, you know, I had friends that their parents were obviously just not cleaners. Oh, did you ever go to that person's house where they had to move the clutter of junk off of their furniture so she could sit down? Oh, the, the, the kitchen table <laughs> completely covered with stuff. Yes. Several dogs. Just, mm -hmm. Cats. Yes. Yes. So I, there's two extremes here and I think there needs to be a happy medium. You can't just leave it go, mm -mm. but you shouldn't obsess over it. And I've been seeing a lot more mothers being kinder to each other and saying, you know what? You've got kids. You barely have time. And especially if you're a single mother. I mean, yeah, you know, you're lucky if you can scrape up the Cheerios that they smushed on the floor and then dumped the juice over them. Mm -hmm. You know, you're lucky you can scrub that up. So, you know, I, I think that we need a little grace with ourselves. I have kind of gotten to the point where, you know, I want to make sure like important stuff like the bathroom is clean, you know, um, and, and to vacuum and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause if people come over, they're going to sit on the floor maybe, mm -hmm. but, but 
you know, if I have piles of mail on the table or whatever, I'm not going to freak. It's a coffee table. It is. And that's what it's for. Yeah. It's no one's going to be there. This is not extreme home makeover. Exactly. Is there something that you used to eat all the time when you were a kid and then you stopped eating it because you were no longer a child, but then you started feeling nostalgic for it and then you thought, oh, you know, I'm at the grocery store right now. Let me get this. I bet you it's going to be really good. And then you get it and you're like, whoa, I do not like this anymore. So growing up, like most kids, we had, you know, the, the canned pastas, the beefaroni, the chef Boyardee yes. lasagna, which mm-hmm. by the way should not be ever called that, but it was a thing. Um, you know, any of the canned pastas, including SpaghettiOs with and oh, without yeah. meatballs. And I loved SpaghettiOs. I, I will did say too. that. I, I did too. I absolutely love SpaghettiOs. My brother and I ate a lot of SpaghettiOs. And when I was in college, <laughs> I haven't done this since then. So I guess I was still sort of a kid, but you know, 20s. I thought, hey, I'll get these canned pastas because they're cheap, you know, and they'd be a good meal. They were so disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. even in, even in like at 20, my palate said, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, that's about the time, Ugh. too. College is a weird awakening time in life because you start to realize, oh, that really is not good for you. It was and you sad, though. It. <laughs> yeah, because I remember I was like, uh oh, SpaghettiOs. And I was all excited every time I got to open one of those and have it. And of course, I didn't realize why my parents were so excited about it, also, <laughs> because they didn't have to spend money on big food. Oh, cool. He likes this. Great. He could eat a whole can. Yeah. And then they didn't have to worry about it. Uh, something else, uh, which is probably one of my favorite Monty Python skits, and also something that I receive on my phone a lot spam. Did you ever eat that and like it? I I did for a minute. It actually, I kind of enjoyed it for a hot minute, but then it, no. So here's the thing. And I still contend this to to this day. Cold spam is vile and nobody should ever eat cold spam. Um, My dad used to make spam sandwiches a lot when I was growing up and we would have them sometimes on cold and cold spam is gross. But if you slice your spam up really thin and crispy, a little really thin and you fry it till crispy in a pan, it actually is not horrible. Yeah. But that's like once every 10 years for me. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm just over it. In the words of the Monty Python skit, I don't like spam. That was actually pretty accurate. Let us know. Brandon and Amy show.com. Find all of our social media links there. Brandon and Amy show.com. What food did you used to eat that now you cannot stand? Another one of the foods that I just thought of that I really used to love growing up that I can't do now at all. That when I had it, I was like, ugh, is fish sticks. I used to love fish sticks. Oh man, fish sticks with. And I know this is going to gross you out because you don't Mm. like this fish sticks and either tater tots or curly fries frozen with freaking tartar sauce. Yeah, it's actually okay. I'm not a huge tartar sauce fan, but I actually didn't mind it in that application. But fish sticks, man, they were great. I had those as an adult later on because I was really excited. Like, I think I found some at the grocery store. They were like really cheap on sale, like the Vandekamp's ones or whatever they were. Mm -hmm. And and I... (laughs) I got home. I threw them in the oven and they were all nice and crispy. And I was so looking forward to them. And I took a bite and I was like, oh, really? You know what this? that reminds me of? Ugh. 
it reminds me of last year and a friend of ours was leaving town and she had some leftover Tyson's chicken nuggets. And oh, we yeah. we already weren't a fan, but Mm-mm. we were like, well, you know, it's free food, whatever. It can't possibly be that bad. We made them twice. Oh, we were sick too. And Both we were times. sick Both twice. Times. Yeah, those chicken nuggets. I just oof, man, I can't do that anymore. But yeah, you know what's weird though? Now, stuff like that, I can't stand. But and I don't know, maybe it's just because it's different and it's not as processed. But yeah, like breaded mushrooms and popcorn shrimp and stuff like that. I love it. I still think it's great. Those are good. And else, and actually, there are brereded chicken breast fillets, like not the patties. Yeah, like not tenders. The patties, but yeah. like tenders or um, they make the f- like full fillets like for sandwiches. Those actually are not bad. Those are okay. And the, the chicken tenders, because they're actually chicken, they're not weird processed like ground up, yeah. whatever. Those are okay too. We know we could probably eat those and be fine. Oh, but, yeah. But the actual oval shaped chicken nugget things. Oof, no. No. Just Mm-mm. no. Give them away. Thank you so much for listening every week. I really appreciate that the numbers keep going up. And please tell your friends, I'm not going to ever be the kind of person to do what those influencers do and be like, hey, make sure to smash that subscribe button. No, we're not ever going to do that. We definitely appreciate the people that are listening, even when we don't promote our show, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, more people are discovering it. So if you like what you're hearing, uh, definitely tell your friends who are kind of past their clubbing days and really know how to get down and treat uh, their partner that they're with, because I think this is great conversation for all mature adults to check out and listen to. I will be honest, though, this week's podcast almost didn't happen. No, it's been quite a week around here. Uh, stomach bug. I swear I've had it for almost a week and a half. Uh, and I don't know if it was the weather or what it is or if it was the spicy foods, which when did I get to the point in my life where I can no longer eat spicy foods? I know. And it's the thing, too, about it is that's crazy is it's not like some of the foods that we're reacting to negatively are that spicy. That's yeah, what scares mild. me. Am I going to have to like make my food like really, really bland? Yeah. I hate that. Like I can't cook without seasoning. <laughs> we're like three years away from pureeing everything we eat. Oh gosh. Like what happened? Like seriously. And maybe our listeners can relate. You get to this point. So you were in your teens and 20s. You went to college, you know, probably in college like me, you lived off of Hot Pockets and frozen stuff and Mm -hmm. crappy cafeteria commons food. Oh, yeah. Um, Because even if you had some healthy options, they still weren't awesome. No, the Uh, healthiest option was still probably bad for you. Yeah. And, you know, you 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 ate Taco Bell and then you got your own place. And, you know, maybe you were trying to scrimp money and and like, you know, you ate hamburger helper and those things were still fine. And at some point around mid 30s, which is about where you are. Yes. Mr. Man. Mm -hmm. um, You get to this point and your stomach starts reacting badly to, especially I noticed at least when it started hitting me, I started reacting really badly to fast food and processed crap. Like I couldn't eat, like literally, it wasn't even just that I wanted to be like, uh, was trying to be healthy, you know, and do the whole fad whole foods thing. It was that I really could not digest it properly or 
a lot of the preservatives and stuff would give me migraines, which is a whole other episode by itself. Oh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it just reacted badly. And then it seems like the older I got and the older you're getting now, even the, the stuff that we cook at home that is good, the spicy crap is starting to really harm us. And yeah. Us. The good news, bad news here <sighs> is that there is body awareness. So mm-hmm. like when I eat things, I'm starting to be cognizant of it. But the bad news is, is there are things I used to eat that it's like, no, even not at all. Yeah. Even restaurant food. Like I know we sound like a bunch of old curmudgeons, but I don't even really know how much we're going to order Chinese food anymore. Nah. I mean, especially, well, I mean, I've, figured out some good you know recipes to make what we like but yeah i'm curious about if you are like this as well i don't see this behavior in you as much as i do in me which is really odd to both of us because you are older than i am Mm -hmm. and yet even in my mid-30s i am a very crotchety curmudgeon Mm -hmm. and i have been this way (laughs) since i was a teenager actually I I was never going to text. I was never going to own a smartphone. And there are still some antiquated methods I use to pay bills and to do other things. Indeed. So <laughs> my question to you is, <laughs> is there something you, you really dragged your feet on, like a, something that you thought would never be useful to you, but you ultimately ended up using because you found that it made your life easier? Um, really did I dragged my feet even though I kind of got into the the iPhone in 2011 which I guess is 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 a long time I did drag my feet on it and I said what do I need this phone for that does all this stuff I have a computer mm-hmm. now the funny thing about it is I use my phone more than I use my computer because I don't have to walk back here and sit at my desk and be tethered to my headphones spoiler alert speaking of which <laughs> and I usually don't talk about how the sauce is made. This Mm -hmm. is being made with a rig hooked up to an iPhone. So yeah. Another thing I didn't think I would embrace either is smart speakers. Oh yeah. Me too. (laughs) That's a good one because even up to three years ago, before I moved in here with you, I was never going to have one Mm -mm. ever. They were expensive, and why would I want to tell something to do something for me? That like, I could why am I going to talk to my speaker? Yes. Oh, by the way, this is a great time for a plug. You can actually tell your smart speaker to play the podcast, The Brandon and Amy Show. And it'll play it. Yes. That's one great use for smart speakers. Now that we're two and a half years into our relationship, I've become really reflective, strangely on my past, which not in a bad way, just in a reflective way of people say, you don't really know what love is until you do. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, I never really understood that, but I do now. And I start to reflect on some of the healthy things that we have in our relationship that maybe I didn't always have and no disrespect to the people I was with, but I think finding your forever partner requires certain characteristics that sometimes we overlook. I don't know. I didn't think this type of situation existed where you just worked. Yeah. You know, like I I heard people talk about it and not to say that it's not hard because it is. Yeah. Everything is. But but it's not it's not just about I'm I'm learning and I can't believe I'm learning this finally now, but it's not just about how well you get along with the person. Yeah. It's about just 
kind of how well you click, how how alike you might think, or just just how you partner together. Yeah, and it's very subtle things like mm-hmm. one person picking up the slack or yes. even similar behaviors and understanding how one another operates. When you're younger, one of the biggest things that somebody says when they find a partner, and I did it too, mm-hmm. we have so much in common. Yeah. And I still have a few people that I dated for a minute and we're friends. Mm-hmm. And it's probably better that way that we're friends. We have things in common, but we're not necessarily designed to have a long-term commitment with each other. No, it's great. I mean, I've got people as well that that I've been with and that, you know, we were best friends before we started dating and we're really good friends now um, that we're not dating anymore. But I think it's connecting on that emotional level that you don't always connect as friends, you know, and, and I see all these people, oh, he's my best friend okay, that's great that he's your best friend, but being a best friend in love is not the same thing as being a best friend. Yeah, it's part it's of it. Part of it. But but there's a deeper emotional connection that you have when you fall in love with your best friend. Yeah, I was thinking about people who suffer from debil- debilitating diseases and when that other person has to pick up the slack and, and help them out. And not even to that extreme, but you know, sometimes you know, one of us gets sick, the other one has to step in. And mm-hmm. those are the moments I think where it really counts when two people can operate as one life. And I think exactly. now I get the marriage situation saying we are united as one life together. There's a story about a news station in St. Louis where a guy on a Facebook live video who formerly worked for the Fox affiliates was really mentally abusive toward a woman coworker. And yeah, this for some reason is not surprising. I am grateful though that karma is finally starting to catch up with these buffoons. You know, it's funny because I feel like I, I don't like that this is coming out more because I don't agree with anybody being mistreated in the workplace. However, I am glad this is coming out more because when I was in the corporate world in which was the late 90s, mid 2000s, you had um, all the HR materials that got circled around the office about how, you know, don't create a hostile workplace and blah, 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 you know, no misconduct, but nobody ever really did anything about no. them. I had managers that would, uh, openly give people hugs. And I mean, too close hugs, like pat on your, put the arm around your shoulder and kind of rub your back kind of hugs or pat you on the butt. Um, There was a manager in a training class that I was in, which coincidentally happened to be full of women. And we were having a hard time getting a point that he was trying to get across. And he yelled at us and told us that we were all stupid, that we needed more sunshine. And apparently that we needed to get out of the house more often and uh, have a um, have a uh, engagement of physical activity with our partners. But that's not how he said it. Yeah. Um, I won't because we're on the radio. I'm not going to say what he said, but it was very crass and very uncalled for in it made and we had an older lady in our group and it actually made her cry. And she went all the way up to the president of the company, the president and CEO. And actually he didn't get fired, but he got demoted from his position. I think he should have gotten fired. Yes, but, absolutely. But you really need to be in the workplace. You need to be professional. And I feel like the advent of social media 
uh, and Instagram and all such things have really made people think that they have a forum to say whatever they want and not necessarily be professional. And if you're a media personality, that's really not cool. You should know better. <laughs> and the one stupid defense that I always hear is, oh, now you can't compliment a woman on things. Nobody's saying that nobody like it's a difference if you're saying, hey, you know, nice shirt, you know, hey, this is, you know, I really love the outfit or whatever versus, hey, you know, nice breasts that this is this is totally different thing. I got a compliment one time where I was wearing the sweater that, to be honest, it fit my chest perfectly. I mean, it was very obvious. My chest was very obvious in it. And my manager walked up and was like, hey that's a nice sweater you got on. And I'm Oof. like thinking, ah, uh, and the lady across from was like, Hey, yeah, that's a really nice sweater. That color looks great on you. There are multiple ways to give a compliment without being creepy. Exactly. 